3: Welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. Today is Wednesday, July 24th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter, at Weigh In Sports. Now, here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co host, Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in.
1: Thank you, Michelle, and welcome, everyone, to a live edition of Weigh In Sports Talk. Wednesday is one of our uh, is our best shows, actually. We we enjoy it, but we want to start off by saying special thanks again to Coach Vince Dooley who came on for an interview that we aired Sunday night. Very appreciative to him and taking the time. We have a lot to discuss tonight, and we're going to try to do it. Tonight in an hour and a half, possibly two hours, depending on how quick we can go. And, of course, we're going to probably start out talking. I'm going to bring Trey on in just a second and give him his introduction. We're going to talk about Ryan Braun and Major League Baseball. And we really want to hear from the fans on this one to, to hear your opinions on if the suspension was too harsh or maybe too easy. And, really, did anyone learn anything from this? So we really want to hear the listeners tonight and see what they have to say. And I'm going to give the call-in number 646-716-5564. Remember to press number one when you call in so we'll know you wanna talk. And we're gonna talk a little A ride tonight and in college football we're gonna break down the team I'm high on, the Northwestern Wildcats and the Florida Gators. So we have a big show in store tonight, so thanks everyone for joining us. We're gonna we're gonna rock and roll tonight and we will take as many callers as we can get. So without any further delay,
2: I eat over. breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who are trained to kill me. So don't think for one second that you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous.
0: What's up, Trey? What's happening, brother?
4: Oh,
1: ready to get into some sports talk. Hope your week's been good. And And I guess we're
0: going to start off by talking about Ryan Braun. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think with it all that's going on this week, I mean, Ryan Braun and this story just, it's one of those sports stories that, I mean, you can't you can't believe it went down the way it did.
1: Well, actually, you know, I, I can in a way, but, you know, a lot of people out there, we have Facebook, we have a message board, and, and I showed my, you know, my displeasure with Ryan Braun. And I could tell, Trey, when he got caught the first time and it was a technicality, that that I really think in his interview I could tell he did it, and the problem I have guys and Trey you tell me what you think I'm gonna we'll tell you first, I have a problem. If, if the guy if Ron Braun would have just said no I didn't do it and and was done with it never said another word I wouldn't think so bad of him. But the way he got up there dancing around, um, talking about how how much integrity he has and he would never do that that that's the part that bothered me and the fact that he was throwing people under the bus trying to get them fired Trey. That's another thought. I think Ryan Braun is done with, with his fans and the media and everybody in general.
0: Well, I mean, you gotta think, I mean, if you're gonna just come out and deny it, let the process work itself out, I and mean, if you win in the process, I mean fantastic. I mean that's what the process that's what the system is set up for, but when he came out and he said that he would bet his life that he didn't do it, that you know, there's no way that this could have entered his system, I mean, that he was betting his life on it. And then then he came on this you know, sort of, and I think Kurt Schilling said it best on ESPN when he said, it reminds you a lot of Lance Armstrong. It reminds you of the way that he went after folks knowing that they had done nothing wrong in, a, in an effort to clear his name rather than just a simple denial. So had Braun denied it and then got caught, I think we all um, would at least understood, okay, you, you denied it because, you know, you're not going to come out and admit to it. So that's fine. Uh, a lot of guys are not getting caught. So you, could, you could probably see why a guy would would do that. But then to disgrace the collector, who is not a baseball guy, uh, and really go after him and his family by, you know, looking after his welfare and saying this guy shouldn't be in work and attacking his credibility and, and his integrity. Um, and, and it turns out he was lying the whole time. And just it's just the, the vilification of everyone who said that he was guilty is the, what disgusts me the most, Tarvin.
1: Yeah, me too. And and did you hear Rick Sutcliffe? He works with ESPN. I think he's he's an analyst now. He's an old pitcher. Brian Braun lied straight to his face in an interview. One-on-one, just, you know, I promise you nothing ever entered my body. And that's the problem, guys. Look, I don't mind the guy using steroids. A lot of people are doing it. But the problem I have with it is the way he handled himself. It just, I don't care what he does from here on out, Trey, in, in my eyes, he's a piece of garbage. I mean, I'm not a judge or anything, but if you can sit there and lie and and try to try to take away the credibility of a man that's just trying to make a few bucks to to feed his family, I've got a big problem with you. And, and here's the deal, Trey. Major League Baseball. What did they? I mean, sixty games, sixty-five game suspension. I mean, is that a slap on the wrist or what? The team sucks. They're not going to the playoffs. And I'm getting a lot of background noise, Trey. Can you check
0: your phone, please?
4: Yeah, problem I don't think I it's me, for Yeah,
0: and maybe on maybe on the the blog talk tonight. Okay. Well, uh, but but Trey, the problem I have
1: though, man, is is, is he goes out and lies boldface to people one on one interviews too, not just on air with everybody hearing it. He's out telling lies and even had Aaron Rodgers, you know, singing his praises, betting his paycheck, Trey, on this football for the Green Bay Packers that that Ryan Braun was innocent. So I guess he's a good con man. What do you think?
0: Well, uh I guess a couple a couple things that you asked me there. The first is is was this a light punishment? And the answer um is a fortunate timing of the punishment for Ryan Braun. So he did the best he could to come you know, to come clean when the evidence was overwhelming. I mean, they had text messages uh between him and these guys down there uh in Florida and this was the evidence from what I'm told it was pretty overwhelming that Ryan Braun uh, was was basically getting injected, so um he had a choice to make which was it was going to become very public very quickly that uh, he you know all the evidence and so he struck a deal he struck a plea deal uh, so in his case it 's a great deal because the brewers are out of contention for the rest of the season he's at a bum thumb, and he actually makes more money next year so if you 're looking at it from ryan braun 's perspective it 's the perfect time to take the suspension. But, you know, Tarvin, is it light? No, it's not light, and here's why. Because Major League Baseball, under the collective bargaining agreement, uh, basically can give a guy 50 games after one time. Uh, Because he admitted it and because he actually negotiated it, they were able to give him 15 more games uh, than the the CBA allows. So this, you know, is basically a shot across the bow for the rest of these guys that uh, it also helps Major League Baseball now because, this whole investigation has a ton of credibility because you have Ryan Braun. You know, really, to be honest, I mean, the biggest player involved because I mean, he's the MVP uh, in 2011 during this whole scandal, uh, and just went down and he went down with an admission. So now we have we have some evidence from the player himself. but these allegations have some a lot of legitimacy, Tarvin. Well, 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 the reason I think Trey
1: that it's a light punishment is a. You know, the Milwaukee Brewers suck, and this is a vacation for Ryan Braun. I mean, his credibility, he'll never get back. So let's face it, everything he's done up at this point is to get him that big contract. I believe, looking at his statistics, his entire career almost, he has been on steroids, and I, I really believe that. And now that he's quit, you see what he's done, actually, this year. But, Trey, there's nothing to, dis- to deter anyone out there That's For a first-time offender, I'm going to get 50 games. Big deal. Guess what? I'm getting a $200 million contract, and there's nothing you can do about it. So Ron Braun's going to lose 3% of his contract because of this suspension. At the end of the day, he's still rich. He's still uh, very well off, and he's going to be cashing checks for a long time. So, Trey, my question to you, what is Major League Baseball going to do to deter this? This
0: is not a deterrence, in my opinion. Well, I mean, you you got to look at. I mean, you got to can't you can't point the finger at Major League Baseball right now. Uh, you can point it earlier in the '90s when the league seemingly knew about this stuff and let it go. But right now, baseball is actually doing as much as they can do under the law and under the collective bargaining agreement. So now it's to the players, Tarvin, and now it's to these players who stand up and they say, you know, and some of the players have been very vocal in interviews this week saying that you know Brian Braun is a disgrace. They're all mad at him. Well, put your money where your mouth is, players. Change the collecting and the bargaining agreement to up these penalties. Make it a penalty where a guy can't sign a contract the next year. You know, there's a limit on his contract if he's tested positive for steroids going into the offseason for free agency, a la Nelson Cruz next year. I mean, he's going, to get spent, he's going to get punished in all this. And he's a free agent next year. So, you know, Melky Cabrera, he took his 50 games, and he signed a good contract with the Toronto Blue Jays. Unless you're going to have, allow Major League Baseball through the players' union, Take some more leeway with this. I don't think you can say Major League Baseball isn't doing enough because the players have so much power under the CBA, they're able to take advantage of this.
1: Well, Trey, when are you going to start seeing this put in contracts of players that says, "Hey, Ron, Braun, here's your say two hundred million dollar contract. If during this contract that you're during this time that we catch you doing steroids, now if you did it before, that's one thing, Trey." You can't go back. But during, say, five years, if you're caught using steroids, you're kicked out of baseball. I mean, they should kick them out of baseball. And then take the money away. That's how you deter something. It's not taking 3% away from somebody and giving them a vacation. If Ron Brown's probably sitting back right now with his feet up, drinking a cold one with his buddy Aaron Rodgers at the restaurant they own, do you think he really cares that he's suspended 65 games if I'm a player out there trying to get that big contract, I'm not stopping because of this. Now, if you tell me I'll never play baseball again if I get caught, then I'll think about.
0: It. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if, if baseball could do that under the collective bargaining agreement, I don't. Think they're, they're, first of all, they're never going to be able to take money away that they've already paid them, unless unless the CBA allows for some you know fines to teams or something like that. I mean, they, the the big thing I've heard out there is allowing the team to void contracts because uh, there's a sure amount that the Yankees would love to get rid of with A-Rod when when his suspension (laughs) is coming. Uh, But they can't (laughs) void the contract. It's not in the collective bargaining agreement. They can't do it under contract law. They can't do it under under labor agreement law. So the problem with this is, Tarvin, is is until they can change those agreements, and I think the biggest thing has to be allowing teams to, to void contracts. Uh, you void a contract yep. and the guy is not getting paid and doesn't have that check next year, and now it's yep. coming off. You know, uh, at, a, at a time where he doesn't know, and and maybe the teams maybe penalize them. I mean, you can do that too. You sign a player who's coming off a suspension, you know, you automatically get you know fine or whatever it is. So I maybe mean, you can deter the teams too, but it's got to be written in the new agreement. That's
1: a great point. I mean, I I agree totally with you. I really do. But uh, one deterrent, Trey, is you get caught using steroids, bye-bye. You know, I mean, maybe not for life. We're going to suspend you three years, and if you can come back in three years and play again, great, if some team will have you. There has to be a deterrent. If not, people's going to still do it because, you know what, the reward is worth. I mean, the risk is worth the reward. They're getting paid millions and millions and millions of dollars, Trey, and it's worth it to – to take a chance if you get caught. And again, they're ahead of the curve. These guys are playing, and then two or three years later getting caught when Major League Baseball catches up with it. But it's going to continue to grow because these players are going to get ahead. But think about it, Trey. How many lives did Ryan Bryan affect? I mean, you saw a Dodgers Kemp didn't get the MVP, which I still think you don't take away an MVP from somebody. Or if you do, you still leave it. You leave it empty. And, and then I think, you know, the pitchers, maybe with contracts or bonuses in their contracts, if you get 20 wins, maybe, you know, you get more money, and maybe they didn't get the 20th win because Ryan Braun was juiced up on Roy's hitting the ball so well. And who was that team they beat in the playoffs, Trey, in 2011 when he was juiced up, when they were real hot? The Diamondbacks. Yeah. I mean, see you've, you've, you've really – you've hurt a lot of people in this process.
0: And that's why yeah, yeah, he didn't he,
1: just hurt himself or his team. He hurt others.
0: Well, you know, and the interesting question, you're talking about banning from baseball, and I've heard a speculation because they think he's tampered with evidence that, that there may be a lifetime ban coming. But the problem with A-Rod, and I, and I know we're getting off on here, Tarvin, but the problem with A-Rod and any kind of lifetime bans is if you do that to the next guy, it bothers me that Sosa, McGuire, Bonds, you know, Ken Caminiti, Rafael Palmeiro, the entire steroid age—that uh, these all, all these other guys are eligible for the Hall of Fame—and now you're going to start banning guys from baseball. I, it, it just the baseball has to sort of graduate. Uh, first of all, get players off of it. But there's always this huge stain on the entire era of the 90s and the 2000s, and unless you're going to ban them all, Parvin, uh, and say no one's eligible for the Hall of Fame if you test positive for steroids. Maybe that's what you do, but you, you got to have a blanket rule because you can't have some of these guys getting in, and the rest of the guys not able to do that.
1: Exactly, and and the trade. I mean, just just looking at it again, you're trying to coddle these players, these cheaters. You're trying to make you're trying to make them get into the Hall of Fame, you know. And that's that's what I don't agree with. Who cares if you're if you're banned, you're banned. You can't go back in time and erase what Martin McGuire and then did, but you can learn from it. and You can make the rules. These players are going to have to learn to to look at history like we do, so we don't, you know, we don't repeat it. I, I'm so against that. It's cobbling them, and and who cares? They 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 shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame if they're proven cheaters. That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, I mean, I, what I'm saying, Tarvin, is is you got to have a blanket rule. I mean, you got to have you got to have Bonds. You got to have McGuire. You got to have Sosa. You gotta have all of them ineligible. You gotta say, okay, you know, you have gotten something from steroids, then you're done. You tested positive. You've got a conviction. Too, you got something, and you're not going to be in the Hall of Fame. And so, I'm all for having a blanket rule, but I mean, I just don't like applying it to one guy and another. They're all cheaters. Yeah, you know, I
3: mean
1: Yeah, I, I see your point too, but I'm just so tired of seeing these guys cheat to get what they what they want. There's no deterrence for it. But speaking about A-Rod, though, Trey, I mean, have you ever seen a team like, please, God, please suspend A-Rod right now so we can hopefully, you know, recoup some of this money? A-Rod's doing everything he can, uh, Trey, to get back in the game.
4: So yeah. uh,
1: it's funny. It's funny. He, he's even going to a doctor for a second opinion. When that that's out of, you know, that breaks his contract in a way. Tell me your thoughts on A-Rod going, you know, bending the rules a little bit to do this. Did he, did he act too soon, you think?
0: Well, I mean, now we have a whole issue of whether or not he went out for the collective bargaining agreement. The thing about Arod rod is he has managed to piss off uh, baseball fans, uh, the Yankees, uh, the Players Union, because now they're, they're saying that he may have violated the collective bargaining agreement by getting a second opinion, uh, and Major League Baseball altogether. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm, it's weird, Tarvin, because I've never seen a player – who's alienated every single avenue that he may have. And the thing is, is A-Rod a- had an avenue to actually go in the collective bargaining agreement and get a second opinion. It's actually in the collective bargaining agreement if a guy thinks, you know, the team's sort of pining him over an, a fake injury. But he didn't do it, and that's kind of why the, the players union's all mad now, because they built a 10 and he didn't do it. So uh, A-Rod is going to have a rough a rough go of it. And already been, you know, he's already had the whole steroid thing once. Now we're looking at number two. so And if he's tampered, I mean, you may see something really heavy from Arod. I, I'm not so convinced, based on the one story, that it's going to be lifetime. But I, I'd be willing to bet, Tarvin, because um, I think Arod's are going to probably come, come to some sort of agreement, too, and, and take a deal. Yeah, A-Rod's
1: going for life, Trey, I think, once this all comes out. I mean, there's a reason why he's not playing right now, and this grade A injury or hamstring injury is is really getting old right now, and I'm seeing it. I, I think I just cut out. I think I feel like I just cut out just for a second, Trey. I apologize. But tell me about Arod in your opinion. Do you think he deserves a ban from baseball if, if guilty again, which is coming? But
0: 100 games, what is that going to do, really? Well, I mean, for the guy who's 37, I mean, any any band that's almost like that. Here's the thing: uh, the clicker bargaining agreement. You, know, you know, keep going back to it, and it's 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 fine to argue hypotheticals, but you got to kind of understand the rules, understand what's the options. And I think why it's so important for baseball to, to put a rod in a position where he has to come clean is then they can actually say, you know, ban him for an entire season, ban him for 100 and you know 180 games, 165, whatever they can do. Uh, because at that point, I mean, he can't even come back, Charvin. You're talking about a guy who has over 2,700 hits. I mean, this, he's legitimately close uh, within a couple of seasons of getting 3,000 hits. And if Major League Baseball can keep him off that list, I mean, that's really what I think some of this is coming down to. Is they want to keep him off that. They want to get him to where he can't play baseball anymore. And so a year ban for A-Rod at 37 years old, I mean, it's pretty much a lifetime ban. I mean, you think he's going to be able to play at 40, Charvin? I don't. No, I mean, he can't play now.
4: I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly.
0: I
1: mean, look, if if he was good, the Yankees would bring him back. Even though they were going to lose some money, possibly they want to win. He's so bad right now; they don't even want him in the lineup. And it's it's coming very shortly. I think yeah, the Yankees have some pull with Major League Baseball, maybe to say, "Look, guys, you have him on this list. What are you waiting on?" I mean, I th- I don't know what Major League Baseball is waiting on trade, but maybe they're waiting for Brian Braun to get all of this attention. Negativity in the in the media, and then bring a rod.
0: What do you think the delay is? I mean, they have everything they need. Well, I mean, here's the thing: the uh, baseball has never said uh, their whole goal was they were going to wait until all, they have all their ducks in a row, and then they were going to bring all the names together. I mean, they weren't going to nickel and dime it like you know. But Braun came forward. Braun took the deal. And I think and from baseball's perspective, and they're not ready, Tarvin. They're still gathering stuff, especially on A-Rod, where they think they have witness tampering.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see what everybody hears. Let me give the caller number real quick, 646-716-5564. Again, 646-716-5564. So let me remind everyone in the chat room for the trolls out there to come through any profanity used or trolling will be you'll be banned from the board, but you'll also be reported to blocked all radio and just because you have a guest number doesn't mean uh your your i p can't be tracked so guys come on let's 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 be good here in the chat room and let's just have fun so everybody get along and have fun tonight. Trey just dropped for a second, but back to a rod guys look a rod i mean has admitted to doing it then he comes back to cheating again, and then he's doing it again and again. Uh, he knows at his age that there's no way he can do this clean. And look at David Ortiz. He's another example. Do you think he's he's not juicing right now? You're crazy. But he's he's next on that list too. It, but the reward's too much. I mean, if these guys get caught, guess what? They made millions of more dollars, and they got to play a few more years. So it's worth it. There's no deterrence in baseball until the fines start getting heavier, the penalties, these guys are going to continue to do it. And I'm and I'm not a cheater, but if I was in a situation to where somebody equal talent with me was taking steroids to get more money, I would have to be tempted as well to do it if I was going to get ahead of them or stay even with them. Because you would be surprised. People say that there's only a small percentage that, that actually takes steroids. I, I really don't believe that. I think there's more than people think. And uh I'm just waiting on Trey to call back in. I don't know what happened with him, but uh anyway, A-Rod and Ryan Braun, those two deserve – I think Ron Braun deserves to be gone just because the way he tried to damage character of people and the way he lied about it. But I want to hear people's thoughts on Aaron Rodgers on Twitter backing up Ron Braun, saying he bet a guy on Twitter, and I know it probably doesn't mean anything, and, and Trey's a lawyer, he can tell us that – uh If Trey, since it's arriving and Ron Braun, or uh, was it Aaron Rodgers, said he would bet his entire paycheck this upcoming year if Ron Braun was guilty, what do you think? Is he legally,
0: does he have to pay that if the guy uh,
1: pushes it?
3: No,
0: no. (laughs) I I know that he had this little deal with the flight nurse. Sorry about my phone. I don't know what happened to me. I think I was just talking away, and I "I don't know. I lost you guys. But uh, no, he's not contractually obligated. I mean, if he's a man. Uh, he should probably step up, Tarvin, and give this guy, you know, some money to his charity of his choice. Because, I mean, he makes bets all the time on Twitter, and it's kind of ridiculous.
1: Yeah, but here's the deal. Aaron Rodgers is so close. You know, they own a business together with Brian. Any chance, Trey, that Aaron Rodgers was defending Brian because he's doing it too?
0: I think Aaron Rodgers is, like anything else, you defend your boys, uh, and Sonia brought up a good point in the chat room about bets, about his old bet with boys two men and wearing a 49ers jersey. Uh, Rodgers doesn't put his money where his mouth is. I mean, I think he's protecting his boy. I think that's what it comes down to is, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a guy who is sticking out for his best friend. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't look into conspiracies that he may be juicing or whatever, but um, it's certainly uh, – it would be refreshing if Aaron Rodgers were to come clean and say, hey, I was totally wrong. You know, here's 10 Grand going to this dude's charity.
4: Yeah,
1: Aaron Rodgers is a joke. I mean, to come out and and put your name on the line and your reputation out for a guy like this. Look, if you're friends with somebody close, Trey, if you and I are friends and you're juicing, I know it because I've seen you play before, dude. I would know if you were hitting home runs or something wrong, man. I'd know you was taking steroids.
0: Well, Tarvin, I mean, uh, you know, (laughs) they play different sports, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. I saw... The same day that this whole Braun thing came out, I mean, Vaughn Miller was – his suspension for four games is pending now. You know, I mean, so it's just different how football seems to look at this a little differently for, for PEDs
2: where baseball
0: does. Because, I mean, you know, the Vaughn Miller fans are all saying, you know, we want him back and, you know, this is a travesty. We hope he wins his appeal. Where you know, baseball – and Nicholas springs it up for drugs, and I understand that. But the point is, is, if a guy gets suspended for even PEDs, where it has been in the NFL – um, got, it's, it's, it's looking at looked at differently, Tarvin, and I wonder why that is.
4: What
1: was that about? About
0: why that that's less in the NFL? No, why does the NFL look at P No, I said why. What I said was why does the NFL look at PEDs differently uh, than than MLB? I mean, or any other sport. I mean, MLB looks at it totally different. I mean, the NFL is only four games or uh, a PED violation. Well, I think it's – I mean,
1: to me, and this is just my opinion, and it could be wrong, you could disagree, but I think that football is such a violent game that guys have to do something just to be able to play more than a couple of years. I mean, look at the beating these guys take. I mean, if I was playing the NFL, I'd be juicing, Trey. Guarantee you every day that I was alive in the NFL, I would be juicing, just to make sure I stayed healthy and and collected that money. If not, you're going to get killed. Could you imagine not doing the, the roids and getting hit by these guys that are, that are 250 pounds of solid muscle that are taking that? You'll get killed, man. Yeah, but why is it okay for football is what I'm saying? Because of that reason, the survival of the fittest, really. I mean, they take it. I don't even think they test much for it. I mean, these guys test more for cocaine, marijuana and stuff than they do steroids. But I think... Now that it's happening more in Major League Baseball and now you have the concussion issue that's going on, people in lawsuits and everything, Trey, I think they're going to start actually having to test more for it and, and get some stiffer penalties. The four games is nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean, and right now in the NFL, I mean, you know, human growth hormone isn't even something they're worried about. So, yeah, you got to give baseball credit. I mean, baseball is, is definitely coming down harder than other, the other sports.
1: I think Trey's gone again. But, I, I mean, look, 65 games, Trey, is not a lot. And, I mean, there's it's a third of the season, just like the NFL. What is it, 25% of the season maybe. So, I think if you look at the NFL compared to that, four games and they play, what, 16, I think it's close, you know, 25% compared to, what, 30%, somewhere along those lines. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. All right, good. Are you having any issues? Or Block Talk Radio could be tonight. I'm, I'm having. I think we're going in and out. So if you're in the chat room right now, let me know if you hear us. Okay. We don't want to be talking here without you guys hearing us. We wouldn't want to rob you, you know, of, of all this knowledge. Okay. Paul said we sound good. And Von Miller, Trey, he got suspended for the Broncos for four games. Do You think that's really going to affect the Broncos' season?
0: Oh man, it's possible. But you know, Von Miller. Uh, he, you know, he, again, he says he's done nothing wrong. Uh, but to even get to this point in the NFL, you usually have to have three positives, Tarkin. So, you know, he's done something well, he's, wrong. He
1: said, today, he said today he did not smoke marijuana. He came out, and, and he said it. You know, he didn't do it. So he's denying, 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 too. So I don't know. I guess he sees what Ron Braun, he didn't learn from Ron Braun over here. Look, uh, look, America's a forgiving country, guys. And that's what you don't get, Trey. You you did something wrong, admit to it, and, and change it, and people are going to love you. They're going to forgive you for it. I just don't get why people don't understand that.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, for Von Miller's sake, I mean, just, you know, but at least he's not going after other people, though, Tarvin. I mean, that's, at least he's got that going for him.
1: Exactly. And I don't know if you got to see any of the Big Ten media days, Trey, or did
0: you hear Urban Meyer today at all?
1: Or was it yesterday? You know, Which one was?
0: It? I'll be honest. I don't usually pay attention much to the Big Ten Media Days.
1: Well, I, I do know Urban Meyer said that that he's going to actually, you know, get tougher on his suspensions and his team and and all all of that. Are you buying that, or do you think he's still the heat from everything that's going on in his past, actually, and now?
0: Well, well, I mean, he, he suspended his starting running back. I mean, for. Um, yeah, you know, that, yeah, which he actually I think the charges <laughs> were dropped I mean, So, um, you know, the allegation May have been untrue uh, and Apparently there was some videotape or something That actually black, backed up um, The kid's story So, you know, and he, and he's still off the team right now So, you know, maybe something to it Tarmy. Dar- maybe Well, if you're Urban, do you let him back on? So,
1: I mean, well, if I you mean, if find out That a, he's innocent Well, I think you have to yeah, I mean, but here's the deal. Why kick him off so fast without the evidence? And that's what I'm saying. I think he's feeling the heat from the Hernandez, the way the media is kind of blaming him for Aaron Hernandez. But you can't blame Urban Meyer for Aaron Hernandez. And But I think he's feeling the heat and the pressure that he's known as the coach that lets things go. And even uh, Muschamp stayed some cracks about that, about Urban Meyer. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, you know, I mean, Urban Meyer may be changing a little bit to get a little tougher. I mean, he needs to be. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, programs need to be tougher nowadays uh, to sort of, you know, sort of, I guess, stop the tide uh, of all these arrests and all this, this off-the-field trouble.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of trouble, Belichick finally spoke on Aaron Hernandez. don't know if you you got to hear that or, or read about his comments and everything, but he said exactly what I thought he would say, really. he, he You know, he was filling condolences to the family and to the the young man that died, Trey. So it, it just looks like to me that Brady and Belichick are just washing their hands clean of this and just moving on.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's what you have to do. But, I mean, they had uh, how many months to get their story straight and get their press releases in order? I mean, so to me it was lots of a story because we're talking about months later. I know it's his first public statement, but, I mean, I mean, he didn't say a whole lot, Carmen.
1: <laughs> There's a lot going on, but I think our chat room trade is is ready to talk some college football. What do you think? Yeah, I think I am too, Carmen. You are, man. All this steroid talk don't get you pumped up, make you want to, you know, go inject <laughs> yourself and get the, get back in major league baseball or something. I'm 36, and I might try out for the Braves next year with all the injuries they have. You know, get some HGH. I'll be right on my way. Be right, right on par. Oh, yeah. Well, I, have a, I have a Barry Bonds head. Looks like a picnic basket walking around and coming into camp. So here we go, guys. College football trade, we're you know, we're so close right now. I can't even believe we're discussing anything but NFL or college right now. But we had to venture off a little bit. This is a, a good topic. But tonight we're going to preview two teams, one from the Big Ten and one from the SEC. And it's going to be fun because we're going to start out in the Big Ten trade uh with northwestern it's a team last year that went nine and three and cuervo i think he he likes northwestern too he's from chicago he might call in on this one anybody want to call in six four six seven one six five five six four trey this is a team that went nine and three last year and if you look at their losses you know the october sixth game at penn state they lost by 11 on the road penn state was better than advertised last year they choked against nebraska at home and lost 28-29 to 29 late. And then they ended up losing to Michigan late in the game. I think that game went into overtime, if I'm not mistaken, 38-31. So, beat Mississippi State by 14 points in the bowl game, Trey. A very successful season for Northwestern. And, and guess what? They're returning 15 starters.
0: Yeah, I mean, Northwestern's got a lot going for them, for sure. I know they're very high on the Tarvin watch list this year.
1: <laughs> That's not saying much.
0: <laughs> but, you know, they are a very – I mean, you yeah, look at them. This is a team that was 6-7 in 2011, and they really have shown a lot of improvement I mean, in, a, in a year. They they jumped from a, a under-500 team to, as you said, a team that won, you know, uh, nine or ten games, I think, last year. I mean, I think when you said nine, I think it may have been ten with the bowl victory. 10. You're right. You're right. Yeah, so, um, you know, and, and they, they're actually playing a lot of teams very well as of last year with all the returning starters. Uh, but what you got to wonder about Northwestern is, is they're not going to sneak up on anybody this year, Tarvin. Oh, they're definitely
1: not. And, and you know, not sneaking up on people is good, you know, in a way, because look at Northwestern's roster. I mean, it's full. If you look at the quarterback, you know, Kane Coulter's a senior. That's great. Your running back a senior. Veneric Mark's a senior. Your receivers are junior and senior. Your line's upperclassmen almost, most of them. Going back to the defense, the same thing, Trey. So looking at this team, man, you're returning people that that has been through those six-win seasons, five-win seasons, and now starting to taste success. I really like the way this team, the direction this team's heading in the Big Ten, man. Coach Fitzgerald's a, a great man, a great coach. And, Trey, looking at their schedule, it's it's not too easy. I mean, they they do play some very tough games, but I do think, you know, with the right coaching, the the right quarterback play, I really like them, man. It's a two-quarterback system, and it works, and I think it's going to give Big Ten defenses some trouble.
0: Well, I mean, I think offensively, Amy, you, know, you got to like the fact that they did return eight starters and even seven on defense. But, you know, one of the things about Northwestern, Tarvin, is this is their year. I mean, I'm not sure they have the talent to reload next year, and this is a team that's building based on senior, you know, senior development. Uh, so this is kind of their year. This is their year, I think, to make the Rose Bowl, you know, win the Big Ten possibly. I mean, this is where all the expectations are. But that, with those expectations comes a lot of people getting ready for you uh, and bringing their A game each week. So let's start off, Tarvin. Let's, let's start off with that August 31st game. Uh, they're facing Cal, uh, who was 3-9 and nine last year. They're going to be on the road in California. So what do you think about Cal's chances?
4: Well, I mean, it
0: is a tough road game. I mean,
1: anytime you go all the way across the country. But remember, this is a team that went, what was it, three and nine last year? A terrible, terrible season for Cal, Trey. I just, I mean, they have three offensive starters back on that team and six defensive starters. Uh, I, I really, even though it's a road game, I like Northwestern coaching, just coaching along to get this win. I think he's going to have them ready. I think Cal's going to have a lot of trouble stopping Northwestern, throwing and running the football. And I don't think Northwestern's defense is that bad. I don't think Cal's offense is going to pose too much of a threat, even though it's on the road. i like Northwestern to get this season off on the right track with a big win on the road.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, Cal is just so far uh, from rebuilding. I mean, new coach, all kind of new stuff going on in Cal. They still do not figure out where they're going yet. So I just think Cal um not going to be there. Uh, this is going to be a win for Northwestern for sure.
1: Yep, that's a good one.
0: 1-0 one start. If you're in the chat room you want to give us
1: your predictions, go ahead or we'll read as many as we can go, 646-716-5564
0: if you'd like to call in. So, Trey, take us on down the road. Well, the next team they have is, is kind of interesting. I mean, Syracuse. Uh, ACC now they went eight and five last year where they lost their quarterback. Last year this was a game at the Carrier Dome and it was a shootout. This was a 42 to 41 <laughs> Northwestern victory. So uh, we're looking at a little payback here, but it is luckily uh, in Evanston. In Evanston, so Tarvin, I'm looking at this game. And you know, I'm looking at, it at Ryan Field. I just don't think the Orange with or a new quarterback are going to be able to get their revenge. I think it's going to be another close game. Uh, but I think the offensive scheme of Northwestern wins out. Oh, definitely. You said it perfect. A new quarterback coming
1: on the road to Northwestern. Syracuse is going to be, you know, a 5-17, probably a 6-6 a six and six if lucky. Not enough to go on the road and beat Northwestern. Uh, I agree with you.
0: So that gets them 2-0. Oh, I think the next one's easy. They're playing a 4-8 and eight Western Michigan team at home. Um, this is not a good team. They may not even be 4-8 this year. Um, they may actually progress, so uh, Western Michigan's going to be a win going into their bye week in October, Tarvin. Not so fast,
1: my friend. No, I'm just kidding. You're right.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah, so they get some 3-0, Tarvin. They get a bye week and, and, and ho-hum, Tarvin, ho-hum. Guess who comes to Evanston after the bye week? Not Maine. Don't, don't tell me Maine. No, it's actually Maine before the bye week. I was kind of skipping Maine. You know, I, I didn't make much of Maine. Um, I, would, You know, they're going to be 4-0. Sorry, I I, I forgot Maine. Uh, but the open date, Tarvin, 4-0, uh, Ohio <laughs> State comes to town.
1: Man, this is perfect. I mean, you have a bye week. The only thing that concerns me, Trey, is you know how the media is going to be on Northwestern here. If they're undefeated, they're four and zero going into a bye week. You know Ohio State will probably be undefeated. How much of the press is Northwestern going to be listening to Trey during that two weeks? That's a long time. They're going to be ready to play. I like the upset in this game. I think Northwestern at home. I think Fitzgerald's going to have these guys ready. They're going to pull off a shocker early in this season, and they're going to give Ohio State its first loss.
0: Oh wow! You know one of the things you got to look at in this game is you know you look at you know, both Ohio State, um, you know, last year, and you look at Northwestern last year, and you kind of get, you know, Ohio State's coming off last year's undefeated season, and they're supposed to be, you know, the team that challenges Alabama this year. Well, it's, it's going to be an early season and basically not much of a test for the Buckeyes. They they face, you know, Buffalo, San Diego State, California, the Florida A&M Rattlers. But the week before, they actually have Wisconsin uh, at home. And so, Tarvin, you know, here's what I'm thinking. They may get beat up a little bit by Wisconsin, the three-time Big Ten champion in a row. So I agree with you. I think Northwestern is going to slip by and sneak up on Ohio State and take out a victory.
1: Uh Oh, That's a huge prediction for the the weigh-in sports staff here, Trey, to pick Northwestern, both of us, over Ohio State. Wow, and guys, this is not rehearsed. We don't rehearse this before the show. So I'm shocked to hear you say that, Trey, but I'm glad you're on board with me. I'm not the only one in the world that thinks this.
0: Well, you know, it, it, to me, it's the Wisconsin game, looking at that. I, I think I think whiskey, they're not going to be as good. Um, but I, I think that that game is going to be physical. I think it's going to be tough for Ohio State. And I think it's going to be something they have to actually prepare for. So, you know, if they just had Buffalo, San Diego State, and Cal, um, and then Florida A&M, you know, th- that would be a cake schedule leading up to really the almost the entire season preparing for Northwestern. But they got to prepare for that game in Columbus, you know, the week before. So I think that's why you're going to see Northwestern a little bit more prepared for Ohio State. Uh, so that's why I'm picking the upset. Okay.
1: Well, let's see how we fare for the rest of them. See if we're on the same page.
0: Well, the next game uh, for Northwestern is at Whiskey. They're going to go to Camp Randall. So, uh, part of it, I mean, you're right after Ohio State, we both have them winning. Seven days later. Can they pull off a win up to Wisconsin? Mm, Trey, honestly,
1: I think Wisconsin's going to pull the upset in this game. Not really an upset, but Northwestern, an emotional win, having the bye week. they, They beat an Ohio State team. They're thinking very high of themselves. Fitzgerald does the best he can, but Wisconsin's they're still going to pound the ball on you. They're going to run the football. They're going to beat Northwestern up, which is going to be beat up from the previous week. I like Wisconsin, Trey, to take care of business, and the
0: Big Ten starting to get crazy. Man,
1: yeah,
3: I, I hate
0: doing this, but I'm actually going to agree. Uh, Wisconsin, they're they turning 16 starters and nine on offense. So I think this is going to be a bit of a score fest, but I think that it's Wisconsin going to run down uh, that defense Uh, and really wear them down by the end of the game. I think they're going to win a close, lower-scoring game than we saw the week before with Ohio State. So, yeah, I have them losing this game.
1: Yeah, that's a good pick, man. We're right on the same page tonight. And, you know, the next week, the Angry Gopher comes to town, comes to Northwestern, Trey. And, And, you know, this is a dangerous game for Northwestern because they're emotionally spent right here. This could be... This could be big trouble for them. After having a big win against Ohio State, losing, I think they're on upset alert. That's what I'm going to tell you right now, Trey.
3: Mm. Uh,
0: So are you just calling the alert, Tarvin, or are uh, are you calling the upset?
1: I'm calling the upset in this game. I think Minnesota upsets them in this game just because of the timing of it. And so that's two losses in a row for Northwestern, and then we're going to see if they can rebound the rest of this season.
0: Wow, I, I'm going to say not so fast, Tarvin. I think Minnesota, I mean, they they kept it close last year, the 21-13 game. That was in in Minnesota. I think in Evanston, the Northwestern handles their business gets a team they should beat.
4: Yeah, I'm just feeling
1: it, man. I'm feeling the when teams struggle it's in a couple of games in a row. I think they're going to lose these two, and they're going to come bounce back because guess what? Anytime you're struggling and you can play Iowa, Trey, it's a good thing. Well, yeah, I mean, they're going to beat Iowa. (laughs) Yep. So that ends the two-game skid and November. Looks pretty tough for these guys. I mean, November 2nd trade at Nebraska.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call this one, Tarvin. I got them losing in Memorial Stadium and giving their second loss. I think Nebraska is going to be tough at home this year. Taylor Martinez is a different quarterback at home, and I just don't see uh, them taking out Nebraska in the middle of Lincoln in November.
1: Who did I pick last week in this? I I know I picked this game. I think I picked Northwestern, right? Against Nebraska, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Remember when we broke down Nebraska? Nebraska? Yeah we did.
0: Oh I'm sorry, yeah we did. Uh yeah, I don't remember
1: who you picked right. in our home. Well god, I'm gonna pick See that's why I hate doing this. I forgot who I picked, but November, they won that one game against Iowa. I don't see him going on the road right here in Nebraska in November winning. I'm going to go with Nebraska in this one.
0: And, Tarvin, I think we got a caller who's wanting to weigh
1: in. Let me bring him on right quick. All right, you're on weigh-in sports, Jason. What's up?
5: Tarvin, I'm telling you, don't discount my Gophers. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Okay, Northwestern brings back everyone. But guess what my golfers do, too? And they're a lot better this year. <clears throat> you know, I'm. They're going to win this game. I'm telling you, <clears throat> they're going to surprise a lot of teams this year. We're going to lose to who we're supposed to lose, <laughs> but Northwestern isn't one of those that we're supposed to lose. <clears throat> um, and for some reason, we always play Northwestern well. Even, you know, when they suck, they suck. When they're good, they're good. But we always play them up to that level. That's why last year was close. And Northwestern had a good team last year. So, And, and then the other thing, too, is thing with Northwestern, they don't have back-to-back good seasons. I mean, Jonathan pointed out that they had, I think it was 95 and 96 or 94 and 95, but that's it. So, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm i going to go with history. Um, <clears throat> but I'm telling you, my golfers are going to win that
0: game.
1: I'm with you, no, Jason.
0: And I, I just have a figured. Go ahead, trap
1: Sorry. Go ahead. and come No, right back. I
0: was going to say, Jason, you know, one of the problems I have with Minnesota in the game, and you're right, they do play Northwestern well, is, yeah, you have a lot of starters coming back on offense where you got 10, but you got six on defense. And, you know, I mean, Northwestern's an offense that can really come at you. I mean, they they, they run that little spread offense, and they can really throw the ball around. So, um, Jason, I guess, are you thinking this is going to be a close game, or are you thinking that you guys are going to pull away with it?
5: Close, but here's the difference, though. And this is – I'm comparing Northwestern's defense to ours. We're bigger. <clears throat> Northwestern's how – did, how, did how did they say – someone made the analogy in the SEC – about Northwestern's players, and their defensive linemen are like our secondary. They're small. The one thing that Minnesota has is big defensive players. And the other thing, too, and this is what's going to make us good this year, all five offensive linemen are returners and, and veterans. It's a gelled team. They know how to work together. It's going to be a very, very tight offensive line. And you got Kirkwood. And I expect Kirkwood to rush for over 1,000 yards this year. Um, That kid is a beast. So, you know, hey, call me crazy, but Northwestern is one of those games that Minnesota should win.
1: I wonder what the point spread is going to be on that game, Trey. When you look at it, it's on the road. It's in Northwestern. Give me a point spread early
5: on. Uh, yeah,
0: I think the point spread is probably going to be
5: about six. Yeah, see, I think it's going to be more like four or five. I mean, I don't think it's going to be six. It's going to be close. But then again, too, I mean, that's you're talking a game that's you know almost into midseason, so a lot can change from the mm-hmm. beginning of. To the mid-season, so I, I said in the chat room, you guys might change your mind <laughs> once we get the game time. So we'll we'll come back to this topic, you know, that Saturday when that game happens. Because I really, I, I I just got a good feeling about this.
1: Hey, Jason, I pick I'll pick the Gophers to win this game.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I hey, call me crazy. You know, I'm like you, Tarvin. <laughs> at
4: the beginning of the year,
5: I, I'm, you know, I'm calling it. And prove right. me wrong. <laughs> but I
1: well, love we my were. go. Well, man, I know you do, man. And thanks for calling in and joining us about the Gophers. Trey brings up some great points. And, and Jason usually do not just talk to talk. I mean, he'll pick the Gophers to lose when, when he knows they're going to lose. So you better, you want to change your pick now because Jason knows the Big Ten.
0: No man, I, I'm I'm sticking with I'm sticking with what I believe.
1: All right, so we we went to Nebraska. We both picked Nebraska in that one. Interesting game here, Trey. November sixteenth, another bye week. They get to host Michigan. So, so tell me your thoughts.
0: Well, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I think Michigan is going to be good this year, um, but I. Jason I, <laughs> uh, I just said I should keep going on. Uh, he's giving me some hate on that game, but hey, I, I think I think to be honest, Northwestern loses this game too, Tarvin. I think this is um, yeah, these are the type of games that a team like Northwestern hasn't historically won, and so I I needed to see how they're gonna play in these big games. But I think Michigan's gonna win some games like this this year, and uh, I think Northwestern loses to Michigan, even even though it's after an open date.
1: I like Northwestern in this game, Trey. I like them at home. I like them to win. The one thing this year, they're a team to watch out for. They're on my radar. They can win any game they want to win, but I think they'll slip up and lose some games too. But I like them beating some of these big teams. I like Michigan coming in, maybe overlooking them a little bit after losing to Nebraska. But all of a sudden, Northwestern's throwing a wrench into these Big Ten, you know, championship hopes for some people. So I like Northwestern. I'm going against you.
0: Yeah, so I got them at three losses here, Tarvin. I'll tell you, I got them running the last two games against Michigan State, uh, and then on the road against Illini. So I got them. At, I got them at nine, uh, nine and three,
1: Tarvin. I think I have them at
0: ten and two. Who do I
1: know? Hold on, nine and three. I have them losing Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Nine and three. Uh, with a bowl win, I mean, that's another 10 win season. You, you have to hang your hat on that if you're Northwestern at Fitzgerald. A very successful season, a very dangerous team, trade in the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, you know, Miklos has got them in the chat room going at 10 and 2. So, um, you know, we're real close with each other. Uh, he says they lose to Wisconsin and Nebraska, uh, but you and I got them at 9 and 3. I got that Michigan as a loss as well. So, um, yeah you know, me and Jonathan are on the same page, so they got a Michigan lock in there too, so uh Jason, wow, Jason says six wins max, so <laughs> uh, a little rivalry going on there wow that's that's a, that's an interesting pick. But
1: I like Northwestern, I've been promoting them all year, and I'm not gonna stop. We'll trade some we're gonna take a little break real quick and go to commercial, and when we'll come back just a, a quick update that we just learned about in baseball. We'll be right back.
2: Have you ever seen a picture on the Internet and just think to yourself, I'd love to have that on a shirt, or maybe you'd like your company logo on a shirt? Well, Actionware Screen Printing is the place for you. We'll print whatever design you want on any surface you desire. Just give us the idea, and we'll make it happen. For more information, message us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. Actionware, where your design comes to life.
1: And we are back, we just broke down the Northwestern Wildcats college football season, and Trey and I have 9-3. Not bad for Northwestern. And, Trey, are you going to go ahead and say 10 wins with a bowl? Well,
0: I mean, we've got to see which bowl they go to. I mean, <laughs> if they play, I'm not going to predict a bowl win at this point.
1: No, I'm not either, because you know what? If they're 9-3, and three, they're probably playing the SEC team. it's this, this going to be tough, so, so we'll see. But interesting news, I just heard – just looked in the chat room that Tim Hudson, what did he break his ankle and he's out for the year?
0: Yeah, I mean, it looks like he got a pretty nasty injury. Um, probably done for the year. It's really unfortunate for the Braves. Really unfortunate for a great guy in Tim Hudson.
1: Well, tell us about the Braves. I mean, they have a they have a you know a good lead in the East right now, and you know, possibly a, I don't think the, the the division second place will get a wild card actually in the National League, but. How is this going to affect them going forward? Do you think they have a young arm that could come up and and take his place?
0: Well, I mean, they do have – And Paul brought a good point out that, you know, Beachy's coming back. But, I mean, the thing is, is Hut's not only a great, um, you know, rotation sort of stopper. I mean, the guy throws innings. But he also is a really good leader in that clubhouse. And it's going to be a tough injury to get over because, I mean, Hudson, he kind of anchors that young staff.
4: Yeah, but here's
1: the deal. He can still coach and mentor and and get those young pitchers up and and coach while he's while he's hurt. At least he'll still be around the team, hopefully, and, and be able to coach and and just have his leadership around. People will play better. But that's a huge loss for the Braves. I mean, Plessis is not a strikeout pitcher right now. He's older. He but he knows how to get out get batters out and keep his team in the game. That's hard when it comes to this time of the year, Trey when it gets, you know, in September, it's going to be tough not having him in that lineup.
0: Well, that's a big loss, man. You know, I I don't know if it's a big enough loss to keep him out of the postseason, but it's a a big loss. I mean, Hudson, uh, he's been a stopper for them when they've gotten in trouble with, you know, losing streaks. Hudson seems to be the guy um, that gives them the innings to stop those kind of streaks. So, um, big loss for the Braves if, if he is indeed out for the year.
4: Wow,
1: that's that's not good. But if any team can, can rebound mm-hmm. from it, I mean, they can do it. I mean, they have a good farm system, and you never know who's going to be there to take their place to step up. Somebody has to step up. And if this team's supposed to make the playoffs, and somebody has to step up. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting run for the Atlanta Braves, and we'll keep following this and, and see how they do. But, but, Trey, let's move back to college football real quick, and we're going to the SEC now. This should be interesting because we have some Gators fans out there. You're a Florida State fan. Miklos is a Florida State fan, and we have some Florida haters in there as well. So tell us about the Gators. Tell us what you think.
0: Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the Gators, a little disappointing off season after getting blasted by Louisville last year. But ultimately, it was a very, very successful year. I mean, 11-win season.
4: You know, a lot of
0: people thought that, you know, they were so down in the Sugar Bowl Um, because they really had the possible one of the best teams in the country, and they could have easily been playing, you know, had they not had a critical loss to Georgia um, in that SEC championship game. So, I mean, the Florida Gators looked really good last year, and it really is going to come down to uh, whether Driscoll can get them over, you know, that 10 wins. I mean, this is a team that could easily win 10 or more. But Can they get themselves in the national spotlight for that national championship again?
1: But, Trey, we say that, you know, and, and if you look at – and we're going to bring Paul Ewing on. He's going to talk about the Gators with us. He's a big Gators fan. But, Trey, everybody's up on Florida this year, and all they did was, you know, now they're returning three starters on defense and five on a terrible offense. And I'm just concerned watching the Louisville game last year, Trey. Was it the fact that they were overlooking Louisville and didn't care? Was it a fact that they just got their butt hurt? And And I'm telling you, man, Losing that many starters and losing a game like that at the end of the year, just, the confidence level, maybe not there. I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. I mean, it's so bad that Driscoll's signing with, to play baseball right now because I think he knows he can't be a major league player or an NFL player.
0: Well, I'm not going to be an NFL player, but whether he can win a national championship, I mean, is a different story. I mean, there's a lot of players who win national championships who aren't great NFL players. So, I mean, really, it's going to really come down to, and I think they have five returning starters on defense, not three, but, um, you know, I think it's going to come down to whether, whether Driscoll can actually take them to the next level because their defense is not going to be uh, as, as, as a big, huge, um, you know, sort of that Gator D they had last year. They're going to be just uh, – they're going to have a lot of talent coming in for but I'm not sure that some of that talent is going to be equal to. And they certainly are a very, very, very um, – good team when it comes to reloading. But are these guys that they're reloading with on defense, are they going to be as good as that Florida defense was last year? Because if they're even a little bit back from where they were last year on defense, man, that's a lot of pressure on Driscoll to score more points.
4: Yeah. Well,
0: Paul, I'm going to bring you on. How many defensive
1: players are returning? Was I wrong when I said three? You talking to me? Yeah.
4: Uh, We have six on offense and five on defense this year.
1: Okay, I don't know why I was thinking three but but just looking at florida what's the from what you see or what you hear read what is what is the mindset of the team right now after losing the Louisville starting this year? Do these guys think they can win a national championship
4: uh to be honest with you, I don't think national championship's running through the locker room right now um from everything that I've read and people I've talked to, they were uh very upset with what happened in the Louisville game. Uh, not many excuses, just a bunch of heads down on the ground. I've got a few people that live in Gainesville, and actually, one guy that works at a local gym that they visit every now and then, and pretty much no excuses, just talking about this season. Really, no one even really well, brought up football game.
1: Yeah, and we're going to go through the schedule, and and we're going to get your predictions on each game as well, Trey. We're going to start off, you know, week one, August thirty first.
0: Toledo rolls into town. Give us your thoughts on that game. Well, I mean, Toledo—not a bad team, um, nine and four last year. But you know, here's my problem with Florida. Looking at it, and Paul, tell me if I'm wrong, but Florida seemed to be a team last year that played to their competition. Whether that was, you know, you know, they played really well at Florida State and Doe Campbell, but they struggled against Jacksonville State. You know, the, the raging Cajuns from Louisiana—they barely beat Missouri. And this was a, t- a team last year that, that played about just the equal to their competition. And when a team does that, they're they just they're not going to be in a national championship contention because the team has to go out there and they, has, they have to put people away. Because there's too many teams in the SEC that are improving, and that's scary when you're talking about the SEC. Um, so, I mean, are they going to get past Toledo? Yes. But what I'm looking at is that at Miami game. So, that's my concern when you're talking about Florida playing up to their competition or playing down to them.
4: Uh, that is very true. I've had to uh, suffer through that. And I don't know if you all remember or not, but this Toledo game, it could very well be tied or 10-7 to 7 Toledo at halftime. Great. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I do expect us to get past the Toledo game. One and yeah, the
1: Trey brought up a good point, though. You know, like the games, like, Last year, the Bowling Green game, my God, that was a scare. And I remember uh, sitting in the Georgia Dome getting ready for Auburn and Clemson, watching them almost, you know, choke away that game. And if you look at Jacksonville State last year, they struggled at times. So what are they going to do this year, Paul, in your opinion, to get past that mentality of overlooking these teams? Because one day they're going to jump up and get bit.
4: Well, in my opinion, watching the, the team last year, and I don't know if y'all picked up on it, but when a team relies solely on a defense to keep them in a game, I mean, you just can't keep leaving your defense out on the field and letting teams pick up third and fours, third and sevens when you have an offense that's struggling so hard. I mean when when your defense when you rely on your defense to do everything, you're gonna be in battles all twelve games every year. So, you know, until and like Trey said earlier, the biggest question for me with the football team going through the schedule will be, does Jeff Driscoll pick it up as he step up and take over the offense?
1: Yeah, so we both, we all three have them 1-0 right here, guys. And, Trey, you talked about it, September 7th at Miami. This used to be a rivalry in a way, but does Miami have enough, in your opinion, to beat the Gators in Miami?
0: Well, I mean, here's the thing. This game is super scary if you're Florida, and you know it may not seem that way. You had a seven and five hurricane program that's looking at possible NCA violations. hold this the off season has been nothing but um, off the field concerns, but this team is actually pretty talented, and actually, a lot of people in the ACC expect them to be uh, in the ACC championship game. So. Uh Miami is an improving team, and this is at home. They're going to be up for this game because this is an early season um, sort of way that the Hurricanes can get themselves back on the national spotlight. So there's going to be a lot of uh, at least coaching when it comes to getting them up for this game. But Tarvin, uh, that all said, I just don't think Miami is there yet. I, mean, I think they're going to be really close. I think this game's going to be very competitive. And if mm-hmm. they can force Jeff Riscoll into making some very dumb turnovers because, I mean, Miami ha- will have played the Florida Atlantic Owls before this game, uh, then they have a shot in this game if they can force Driscoll into some turnovers because, um, yeah, they're pretty talented on offense, Miami is, with running back, receiver, and quarterback. So I see them keeping up with the Florida until the very late going Paul, I look at Miami,
1: and it is scary that you know one game Miami is going to play well this year and give it all they have is Florida. I mean, they would like nothing better than to beat the SEC Eastern Conference champs right here, or excuse me, runner up. My bad. Um, you know, and, and get their get the state back. Miami used to dominate the state of Florida, and, and with a senior quarterback coming back, I believe Stephen Morse is coming back. Paul, give us your prediction on this game. Are you as, are you as scared as we are?
4: Well, I'll put it this way. I don't know if y'all realize realized it or not, but this is going to be a 12 o'clock Eastern time kickoff in Miami. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 10 returning starters on offense, 10 on defense. Duke Johnson, the running back, scares me. And I hate to do this, but I'm giving my boys a loss here. Um, Ooh. I think the early time, early kickoff, we struggle mightily with early kickoff. And I think the weather and just, I don't know if Driscoll's ready for a challenge like that early on in the year. So far already. It's just I think too many starters are back and the early kickoff. And, and like you said, Miami has had this circled because the last, this was a home and home. The last time we played them, Tim Tebow was on the team. So they've been ready, ready for this. This might actually be a game that they'll sell out. So, yeah, I've got Florida going one and one in this game.
1: Well, Trey, I have to agree with Paul in this game. I have Miami
4: uh,
1: pulling the upset off. This team's going to be hungry this year. I mean, this could be, you know, the probation could be coming out. You never know what's going to come. But I think the Hurricanes get it done early in the season right now. I think Florida struggles two score points on the road against the hurricane team. That's very talented, Trey.
0: I'm with Paul, one and one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not there. I mean, I i hate to, to give Florida props. But I'm not so secure if this is actually going to be a sellout. Miami has been having problems with that. I mean, if if there are seats available and they're going to Florida fans, I'm not sure how much the home field advantage is going to help Miami. Um, You know, Miami's got a quarterback coming back, and they're going to be, like, I think less likely to turn the ball over. But I just think that Florida and that defense are going to put pressure. They're um, They're going to get to the quarterback. They're going to be able to stop the run. And in the fourth quarter, I think, um, Florida and Driscoll find a way, but I would not be surprised if Miami pulled the upset.
4: Also, I'm not sure if – and this this is also one of the games that uh, Morrison may be sitting out. I don't know if Muschamp's going to revoke his suspension or not, but losing our middle linebacker for this game would hurt as well, with Duke Johnson. Right. And that's
0: a good point,
1: Paul.
4: But I, don't, I don't
1: think Muschamp's going to revoke it. I think the guys, after getting arrested before, so – I want to say he's going to be suspended. And that, that takes us to a bye week, guys. Florida's 1-1, and Paul and I's opinion 2-0 with Trey. But Tennessee comes to the swamp, Trey. I mean, this Tennessee team, we don't know what to expect. We do know they'll be well-coached and hungry to get a win here in the swamp. How does Florida rebound after this game?
0: Well, I think, you know, they're going to have an off-state. Uh, Tennessee is uh, an improving squad, but they're not there yet, Tarvin. I mean, I picked this in Tennessee. I'm going to stay consistent that Tennessee loses in the swamp.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Paul?
4: Oh uh, Yeah, w, w for the Gators. It might be close for a little bit, but I think we'll pull away at the end.
1: And here's an interesting game, September 28th at Kentucky Trey. Stoops, the coach there now. Any chance Florida, you know, just chokes and doesn't show up that day? I, I think Florida wins big against Kentucky. I think they blow them off the field. What are your thoughts, Drake?
0: Well, I mean, this was a thirty-eight to nothing game last year. But I'll, I'll tell you, the way I look at this, I'll, I'll look at this game is very similar to the Missouri game last year, where Florida, if they if they are struggling at this part in the year, say they do lose to Miami, like you said if you look at the Georgia after they lost to Georgia last year and you look at, you know, Missouri and the, and the Louisiana game and Florida was barely showing up. Uh, so if this is a team that has that kind of motivation issues, and now they're on the road for the first time after they lost, if they did indeed lose at Miami again, then this could be close. I mean, I think the Florida Florida wins it because uh, I have them 4-0, but, I mean, this, they seem to play down to folks, Harvin.
1: Paul, give us your chance of uh, Florida you know, choking in this one. I think because it's an SEC team, I don't think they, they look past it right now, especially with Stoops.
4: No. I, I mean, I'm going to go with the win here because, it's there, I mean, we've had a few good games with Kentucky, but I think at this point in the season, I think that our running back, Matt Jones, will have stepped up and the offensive line would upset with the new JUCOs, and I think this will be a victory. All right.
1: Well, we're out of September now, guys. I have them, what, 3-1, Paul has them 3-1, Trey has them 4-0. Oh. October, you know, not too bad. I mean, they start off October 5th at home against Arkansas, Trey, unless that officiating crew is there that, that tried to cheat the the Razorbacks last time. I, I don't think this is going to be a close game at all.
0: No, I don't either. I am not. I don't even know what to make of Arkansas yet. I mean, I know Billima is there, and this is, you know, the same coach who won the Big Ten three times in a row. But until I really get to see Arkansas on the field and get to see how how much improvement they're going to have from last year, I'm not going to pick them to win a big game. So I got got Florida beating Arkansas.
4: Paul, same here, Brian.
1: All right, a man of many words there. Good job, Paul. October 12th gets a little tough at LSU. I mean, this is an interesting game because it, it just seems to me you have two offenses here. that that aren't that good. Maybe at this time of the year they're both better. But, Trey, at LSU it's not easy no matter what. I don't see Florida going on the road here and beating LSU. Mettenberger is going to do enough to to keep these guys in it, and I think the home crowd, I mean, it's probably going to be a 3.30 Eastern kickoff. It's going to be tough to win there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think LSU and Les Miles have a lot of revenge on their mind after losing, you know, 14 to 6. Uh, last year in Gainesville, so I think LSU gets their revenge in Baton Rouge, and they're going to win a close defensive game, uh, and they're going to take a, take their revenge out on Florida and give them their first their first L. All right, Paul. Do you think
4: do you think I, I Florida's going to take
1: care of business here?
4: Do we do we know what the suspension is for LSU's running back Jeremy Hill?
0: No, uh, we don't. All He's probably
4: out for the year. The three games. I don't know. Is there, is there any way y'all think he'll be out for this game? I wasn't able to find anything. That's why I'm asking.
0: No, I, I think it's, it's possible, Tarvin. It. Yeah, I think it is. I think yeah. he could be. I think he could be done for the year, possibly.
1: I think I think he should be done for the year, and I think Les Miles is not going to put up with that on his team. Uh, Paul, I don't think he's going to be there, so you, you can predict it acting thing. like if if he's not Jeremy there. Jeremy
4: Hill. Does not, if Jeremy Hill does not play, I'm going to go with my boys. I think Jeremy Hill is a big, pivotal moment for LSU in their season. Uh, remember, they, they return, LSU is returning five on defense. They lost a lot to the NFL draft. Florida's strength for their defense this year is going to be their secondary. You know, I read a few places that they could have the best secondary in the SEC. You know, So that could lock down Mettenberger. And without their Jeremy Hill, their running back, if he was there, I would pick LSU to win. That's how important he is to me. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. he's, I'm going to go with Fort now I, I because it's looking suspended.
1: like he won't play. Yeah, I picked it with him being suspended, actually. I don't think he's coming back. So, so Trey and I are picking LSU. Uh, you're picking Florida. Good pick. Next week, next week, October 19th, guys, at Missouri. I still don't think Missouri, Trey, has what it takes yet. I think they still have to recruit a few more years and build some depth. I like Florida pretty good in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean Missouri, um, and they're the SEC team uh, that I don't know that they're going anywhere up and down. Still, I I don't I don't see them improving off five and seven last year, and I don't I don't see them getting Florida or any closer than they got last year. to Florida, which was a fourteen to seven game, I think it's, I think Florida gets them by more than that this year. All right,
1: Paul, you agree? I agree. All right. Well, we get a bye week here. October was was okay, but now it gets a little tougher, guys. I mean, three very tough games in November, and it starts November 2nd. Uh, The cocktail
0: party tray
1: against Georgia. Who do you like?
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with what I picked last week. I'm going to pick Georgia losing
1: this game. I picked Georgia winning this game, I believe, last week. Um, I think Georgia struggles early, but they're going to find a way at this time of season. Paul, tell us who you like.
4: Well, I believe uh, Mr. Murray is still the quarterback, so I think our secondary will have a pretty good time that day, two or three maybe interceptions. I'm going to to me this game's always a toss-up, but I just feel like I need to go with Florida in this game too along with Trey. I mean,
1: I think we're going to hit a
4: hot streak in the middle of the schedule.
1: It's going to be fun. I love watching that game. It's always it's always one of those games you have to watch no matter what team you pull for? So it's going to be fun. And the next week, a team you know Florida sometimes struggles with Trey. It just seems like Vanderbilt. And November ninth, coming into the swamp, any chance Vanderbilt pulls this upset?
0: No, I, I don't think so. And just to catch up with our chat room folks, you know Mick Lopes has got Florida five and three after the UGA, um, and uh, Cuervo in the chat room picks UGA as well in that, that cocktail party game. So. Uh, interesting picks from our chat room. So, uh, a lot of people don't know what to expect of Florida, it looks like, and at least from our chat room. But, no, I don't think Vanderbilt um, in the swamp is going to pull out a victory.
1: Me neither. Paul?
0: Going along with you, guys. Victory.
1: Right. Well, well, this is a huge game right here. I have them losing three games up to this point, but what do I know, right? Add South Carolina, November 16th, is going to have some implications for both teams. Guys, this is a huge game, Trey. These Spurrier is going to be ready. That's his old alma mater. Anyway, South Carolina or Florida goes on the road and upsets South Carolina.
0: Well, I mean, I'll be honest, this game is starting to make me scratch my head, especially with the, whole, the news that came out today about J.D. Uh, Clowney uh, with his possible ties to Jay-Z and whether he is, is going to be eligible. I mean, holy cow, does that change the entire nature of the SEC East if Clowney doesn't play? Um, I'm going to assume he plays, and, and by that, it is a large assumption. But I'm going to assume that he plays this year and that South Carolina holds serve uh, at home this year and makes up for that, that blasting that Florida gave them last year, 44-11, uh, to 11, uh, that they get revenge on Florida and I, they, get, they get handed their second loss of the year. Well, Paul, I have to say
1: with Trey, if Clowney plays, I'm going to pick South Carolina in this game. I think it's going to be that CBS game. It's going to be a rocking crowd. They're going to be ready. Give us your thoughts on this game.
4: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. I think we go on the road and take a loss. Hot streak ended. All right, well, you better get hot. Guess who
1: comes to town, Georgia Southern, Trey. (laughs) Georgia Southern coming to the swamp November
0: 23rd. Well, they're going to lose, Tarvin.
1: Alright, I think so too. Paul, I'm not even gonna ask you. That's a dumb question. So this is what I want right here. We have Florida State fan Trey right here. We have a Gator fan Paul. Oh, and here they come. Florida State's coming to the swamp tree. To the swamp. Tell us what you think.
0: Well hey, I want I want Nicholas to call in and give me a little support. Jonathan, can you can you get can you call hey, so and get
4: it? So a- two against one?
0: That's what I want. That's what I want, Paul.
1: I, I'll it leave, I'll leave no it to those
0: for you, Paul. I'll leave it to those for you, Paul. Okay. I think we have Jonathan on the phone, too. So I, I, need, I, need, the, I need the numbers, Tyler. I don't have
1: him yet. There he is. All right. Jonathan's in queue. We're going to start with Trey. <laughs> Trey, give us your prediction on this one. Tell us why. Well, I, I,
0: I like a good senator, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to give some of my time to Jonathan. <laughs> so tell me what's up, Jonathan.
4: <laughs> Well, I think well, you already have a 5-6. <laughs> I, have,
3: I, I have UF at 7-4 riding into this one. Um, I I just I just don't know how UF is going to do on the road this year. Now, this game right here is going to be a bloodbath. This is going to be physical. This is going to be ugly. We're talking about some of the top high school defensive recruits in the nation the past couple of years. I'm gonna tell you right now, Dante Fowler Jr. is gonna be lucky if he doesn't if he escapes without a broken appendage, because a lot of people in Tallahassee <laughs> do not like that young man.
4: Dante Fowler Jr.
3: Yeah, yeah, y'all got y'all got lucky. We had Mario Edwards Jr. and Chris Cashin already locked up.
4: Take anything I can get, you know that.
3: So, I mean we'll we'll always be happy to give you the scraps. I mean, I'm pretty sure I mean, y'all enjoy it.
4: Honestly, with this game. Um... I'm going to give it the edge to Florida simply because it's in the swamp. If it was in Tallahassee, I would lean toward FSU. But I really think it's going to be come down to Driscoll versus Winston, who's improved mm-hmm. the most over the last 11 games.
3: I agree. I'm terrified. I, I am, in all honesty, I am scared of this game. This game the Clemson game just downright makes me shake. And I don't know how Winston's going to be but don't sleep on a running back. We still got James Wilder Jr., still got Devonta Freeman, still have Mario Pender. I mean, those three guys, Wilder, do not be surprised if Wilder runs for over 100 yards that game. I'm, I am i got to be the homer, and I see where I got revenge in my eyes. I'm taking Florida State, but by less than a touchdown.
4: Sounds, I mean, I can't, you know. Like I said, I went with the home field advantage. That was about it.
0: All right, Trey. It's um,
1: one-to-one right
4: now.
0: Yeah, here's what I'm looking at. You know, Jumbo Fisher has done very well against Florida. I think last year was an outlier. You know, you had a very talented and older team uh, that really got caught off guard in that game and really got outplayed and outcoached. I think this year is going to be different. I'm believing the hype that is Jameis Winston Florida State, oh, the right. shot comes to the swamp, and they take him down.
4: All right,
1: well, here we, here we
4: go. Well, you, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: You know, Look, Muschamp knows how important this game is just for recruiting. He just lost to Miami early in the season. He's not going to lose to both in-state rivals like this, guys. He understands that winning this game helps him in recruiting, and that's where Muschamp is going to do a great job and continue to own the state of Florida. I like the Gators, the last game of the year, SEC versus ACC in this one. I like Florida going 8-4, and four, making a good bowl game, winning it, winning nine games. And, and you know, some people will say that's a terrible season right now, the expectation, but I think nine wins, champ will take it. And then the next year is when Florida is going to be making a run at the national championship. So Paul and I agree we're two, y'all are two. So what's the tiebreaker here, guys?
4: Tiebreaker comes on November thirtieth.
1: Tiebreaker is it's in the swamp. No, I mean, it's two to two. We're locked here, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna two look at the tiebreaker. We need to bring a,
4: bring uh, Cuervo on. He can be the tiebreaker.
3: Jason
1: from Florida.
4: Cuervo Jason
1: from Florida. There we go. There's the tiebreaker right there. Three to two in favor of the Gators, guys. But. Man, that's going to be a crazy game. Football is something, guys. You can't just predict preseason. We have fun doing this, but we don't know what's going to happen. Driscoll could come out and be the, uh, you know, the first round pick in the NFL draft if he plays so well. I think Florida's capable of, of winning 11 games this year. You just never know. But I think eight wins, Trey. That's what I'm looking at. Regular season nine with a bowl.
0: Yeah, I got about nine nine wins and, and possibly getting to 10 in the bowl game.
4: Well, since we have Trey, is Mick Close still on? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, since I do, I just want to say real quick, and I want everyone to just focus on this name. I know you all remember him from the Florida State game, but watch out for Matt Jones. He's our running back. He had a little breakout performance late against Florida State, kind of sealed it away. They're saying he's going to be a big dog this year, so watch out for that name. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I can't. I can't
3: argue with that. I mean, y'all have a great stable of running backs. I just want to bring this up because nobody's really mentioned it. Y'all realize this is the first time since gosh, uh, the last time Florida kicked a smack out of Miami that we're playing for a true state championship this year between the three big boys. Yeah, I mean, that's be our fault, of course. It'd be great if Florida would stop being pansies and schedule Miami every year uh, so we could have this every season because this is how recruiting is truly. This is where the true recruiting battles come out because state championship bragging rights, that
4: says a lot. I know people call me a bandwagoner for saying this, Brian and Trey and Nicholas, but, you know, Florida, man, we're in the SEC, and I know people say that's an excuse, but... For having Florida, I don't know if we it would be fair for us to have Miami and Florida State on the schedule and then play South Carolina, Georgia, Kentucky's up and coming, and then have to rotate, play LSU every year, and then have to rotate with another West team. you got to be kidding. That would just be nuts, in my opinion. Well,
3: if y'all weren't blocking us from joining the SEC nowadays, <laughs> we'd be able to share that schedule with you. But y'all don't y- y'all don't want us in the SEC, even though the SEC's come common for us and Clemson.
1: Are you serious? Are you serious, Jonathan? Bobby Bowden took off running. He almost retired because they asked him to come to the SEC.
3: Uh, that's not true. <laughs> <Harvey>. <laughs> that's not true, Brian. Bobby wanted to come to the SEC. Our athletic director was like, we
4: basketball." But was school. it, Brian? Academic? Yeah, that worked out. It was academics. I think yeah. we don't want to join because academics.
3: No, it was basketball. Our athletic
4: director wanted to join a basketball oh, conference
3: so that well, that's we so
4: could you have got that now. sports. There you go. All right, guys. <laughs>
3: let's let's
1: let's, let's, let's well, that's one talk at a time. I can't keep up with everybody. Who's talking now, Jonathan? uh yeah, Jonathan, go ahead.
3: We should have never joined the SEC, the ACC to begin with. We should have joined the SEC from the get-go. That was the premier conference of football. We were a conf- We were a football school. We were just beginning our you know, 14 straight top fives, which nobody else has been able to touch. And it would have been great to see, you know, rivalries develop between Florida State and Alabama for Florida State of Georgia since they already compete for recruits anyways. I mean, let's face it, we're not fighting North Carolina and North Carolina State for recruits. We should have known, never, ever, ever joined the ACC. I blame our athletic director from the early 90s on that move because that move was all on him.
1: Well, guys, I want to Thank y'all both for coming on real quick, and uh, Paul, good to hear your voice. Jonathan, thanks for weighing in with us, and just want to say bye to y'all and thanks for coming on. Trey, that was pretty fun, man. Picking that that Gator schedule too, that was intense.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, I I I, I can honestly say, I mean, I, I agree with some of the guys in the chat room. I hope they go eight and four, man. It is a good day in, in 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 Tallahassee if we can win more games than, than the Gators can.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule, Florida State should win more than Florida this year. I mean, just even if they lose that game, if they have a, a game against Clemson, that's about it. That's about it. Yeah, game. I mean, Florida plays less yeah. than Florida. I mean, it's the worst, 10-2. and two. So, But I don't think that helps recruit. I think that game, regardless of – as long as Florida's just not just killing it right then, as long as they're like seven or eight wins and they beat Florida State, that's going to put them ahead in recruiting. Miami's a team you got to watch for see this probation, to see what happens. I think Golden's doing a good job there, but Trey, I honestly think, as long as Muschamp's in that state, he's going to own recruiting. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, Muschamp is winning now, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Cuervo said he wished Florida would go
1: 0-11 every year. I think he made 0-12. <laughs> they added the <laughs> game on Cuervo. They added the game. But I wanted to ask real quick before we leave here, Trey, about about Clowney, you know, it just seems odd to me. I, I, I didn't think he wanted to play this year anyway, because I think he realizes he could get hurt. And is there any, and he's talking trash to all these players, any chance he's trying to maybe get ineligible? I don't know how much of this is true. I really haven't studied it with Jay Z, but tell us, do you think it would disappoint him if he got suspended?
0: Well, I don't think it's coming. I mean, let's be honest to I me. Mean, I brought it up because it's, I mean, it's being looked into. I don't think it will go. Um, it'll go anywhere. Uh, but uh, I, I think what I, I think about Clowney is he definitely has some motivation issues this year, which is going to be very interesting to see. Because I think a lot of people are predicting him to be a top five pick automatically, and, you know, he should probably take some lessons from the past of players, and the one that comes to mind is Jake Walker. And Jake Walker, those of you who remember the Washington quarterback, I mean, he ended up being in the first round, but he was you know, going into the year before that There's a lock for the number one overall pick. Everybody could not see anybody else going into the next season as a number one overall pick. It was Jake Locker, the next franchise quarterback. He's the most amazing thing ever. And he went out and laid an egg the next year, uh, the next year and, and dropped all the way down to the very end of the draft for, and for the Tennessee Titans. So, I mean, Cloudy is a great, great player right now. But he's going to watch out, Tyron, because your draft stock can lose. You can lose points
1: real quickly. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Well, Trey, give me the two teams you want to talk about. I don't want to predict Auburn yet until I, I see the, the quarterback situation, but give us two teams that you would like to preview someday to get us an exciting show, get some buzz created here.
0: Let's see. Well, for Sunday, Tarvin, let's break down our first NFL for sure. Let's just do what we were going to do a long time ago, and let's do the the NFC. Was it South? South. So Let's start off with that. And then let's do...
4: Ohio let's do State.
0: Arkansas. I'd say Arkansas and Ohio State.
4: Arkansas, huh?
0: Bill,
1: his first year in the SEC, yeah, I'll do that. Ohio State, that ought to get some buzz going with a bunch of fans that think they're they're going to win a championship every year. So that'll be fun. We're going to get Ohio State and Arkansas. Wow, Trey, that's a surprise Arkansas there. We'll see how good they're going to be his first year in the SEC. I think these coaches are going to be out to prove a point to him. And I, I know Gus Malzahn will. Some of these spread teams are going to try to run him off the field. So great show tonight. Thanks, everybody, for calling in. Uh, Jason Minson called in, Paul Ewing, Jonathan Miklos, we appreciate it. Join us Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to try to go two hours. The closer we get to football, trade, the longer these shows are going to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Once we once we get into football, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but thanks, everybody, for joining us Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Hey, go to blocktalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino. Uh, follow us there. We also have our website up. It's almost finished, but you can still go there. Uh You can go put your email address in to get some updates. You, I mean, it's just fun. You can chat with us there as well. So so go look at us at Twitter, or on Twitter, at WeighinSports. Trey does a good job with that. But, guys, until Sunday night, and Cuervo has on campus with Cuervo Friday night. Uh, that's on the Couch Potato Show Network. So Cuervo does a great job breaking down some college football, so we'll make sure we join that. Thanks for bringing that up, Cuervo. Uh, Trey, have a great week, and thanks again, everybody, coming out, and we'll see you next week.
2: Family reunions, school names, sports logos, custom designs. Actionwear Screen Printing will do all of that on whatever you want. Hats, shirts, shorts, pants, and much, much more. Embroidery, printing, decals, it doesn't matter. Just give us the idea, we'll make it happen. For more information, contact us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. Actionwear, where your design comes to life.